0: Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. What I titled this was, you know, how does God expect us to be? Because there is an expectation. Being a Christian and in our Christian walk, there is an expectation. There's, you know, people will try to tell you there's not an expectation. Uh, in our giving, you know, we don't give to get, we don't, no, I expect everything, it's like a mindset I have that, you know, if it's something that I'm supposed to have, because we do that in the natural, right, we'll do that in the natural, something that's supposed to be ours, anything basic, okay, like at a, hey Vera, so like at a, um, uh, fast food restaurant I'm trying to think like super low basic you know I'm I'm expected to get a fry with my combo meal (laughs) right you paid for it expected to get a fry with our combo meal well we get our bag of chick-fil-a and there's no fries in it what are we don't drive off we will go back and wait in line we'll talk to a manager we'll pull out our receipt (coughs) excuse me we'll pull out our receipt We'll, um, you know, we'll make sure we get what we paid for. Well, Jesus paid for things for us. So we didn't have to go through it. We don't have to make the payment. He's already done the payment exchange. So now there's things that we should be expecting as a Christian, as a believer, that we should have. We should have. I get so tired of seeing Christians live below their standards, talk terribly, their confession sucks. Yeah, said it. It sucks. It's terrible. I don't, it's like blows my mind that we're out there being that representation of our Jesus and we are a constant prayer project. Listen, we all need prayer at some point. But then there gets to a point where we're gonna have to be big enough that like, I'm not waiting to the next meeting. I'm not waiting till Sunday to get my miracle. I'm not waiting till the next healing evangelist to come through to get rid of this incurable disease. I'm not waiting for the next time that there's a special offering that's gonna be taken for something to give in. Let's not wait anymore. This is not, we're not in a waiting season. We're in a productivity season of all times. If you read Psalm 1, what is it? Our leaves never wither, right? We're producing in everything. Manifestation after manifestation after manifestation should be in our life. Amen? And who has it is someone who works the word. Who has it is someone who works the word. So let's take, there's my basic analogy of Chick-fil-A, let's take... The fight that we have to get our french fry, (laughs) the fight that we have to get what we want, you know, we sign up for all these subscriptions or we have, you know, insurances for stuff and there's a benefits package. There's stuff that we expect that we should get. You know, people always are like, well, if I sign up for this VIP subscription, then I get 20% off every month on their product. I get this, I get that. And then people live that way in the natural, but then in the supernatural, they give everything up. They don't walk in joy. They don't walk in peace. They don't walk in strength and victory. They don't walk in faith. They don't walk in the way that we should be as a Christian. And it's not that, you know, I, I preach this with strength because I'm so passionate about it. I'm so passionate about we need to live the way God expects us to be. So I'm just going to go over a few things tonight and, and show you through the word of God how God expects us to be in some certain areas. Because listen, I know for the people that are coming to Miracle Word Church, I have an expectation. I have an expectation of what I'm going to see. I have an expectation of a pastor, what I'm going to see. I want to see miracles. So we're going to operate that way. I want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. So we're going to operate that way. I want to see people built up in faith and victory. So that's the messages that we're going to preach. I have an expectation. I have an expectation for God's house that he's entrusted me with. I have an expectation for finances to come in. You know, (laughs) it's his work. It's his work. So as long as I step out and do what God asks us to do, everything is going to come to pass. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about it. So I have expectations and you should have expectations every day, every day for something. All right. <clears throat> Let's see. I'm going to start with number one. All right. God expects us to see supernaturally and to believe his word. He's our heavenly father. So he said, hey, I'm going to like this is this is the um, message or passion translation or whatever. I'm just kidding. God says, hey, (laughs) he says, hey, listen, I've given you life's manual. I've sent my son. I died on the cross. You have countless miracles. You have countless testimonies. You have countless stories in here for you to live by, to be encouraged by to mirror, to take the revelation and enlighten your mind with, enlighten your spirit. This is what he has for the word of God. So he expects us to see supernaturally and believe his word. Okay. There's an expectation. We go to church on Sunday and I see so many people. So see, as an evangelist for so many years, I would go to the same church every year and it would, you know, There'd be a lot of the same new people constantly going up to get saved, going up to get healed, going up for this, can't seem to break this, can't seem to break that. But if you sat the majority, if not all these people down, you know, I could pretty much tell you what's happening during their week, what's happening in their everyday life. You can't go to church on Sunday and get filled up in those two hours and think that fuel is going to last you till The next Sunday is barely going to last you till Monday because the enemy, as soon as you leave, as soon as you get out of that, he's going to start working. Things are going to start happening. Life's going to, you know, present some things to you. That's why the Bible talks about having a firm foundation, right? Like storms happen you know, we're not the people that are like idiots. A lot of people think Christians are idiots because we, you know, if you live by faith, you act like something doesn't exist. Well, that's not a smart person. That's not using wisdom. Things happen, meaning there are storms that go on. Now, how we handle it? Do we participate in it? Do we, you know, live in the storm? These are the things that then become our choice. But, There are things that rise up. There is a real enemy sent to destroy us, sent to kill us, sent to take us out. And there are our own decisions, stupid decisions. If we are not led by the Holy Spirit and we're not guided in what He wants us to do, and we make wrong decisions based on natural mindedness versus our supernatural eyesight and our mind, then yeah, we get in predicaments and we want to blame the devil all day long but actually it was ourselves. So you're going to have to like have discernment there and and like, you know, what is it? <coughs> Excuse me. So God expects us to be in his word. Yes, Julie, daily. There's a key there. Daily. We tend to take time for everything else. We have families, we have jobs, We have hobbies, we have things outside of our jobs, we have events, we have social gatherings. We all could list a million things as to what we've scheduled. Now there's the key there, scheduled, what we've scheduled. So have you scheduled the Holy Spirit out? Have you scheduled our daily time of word out? That's what we have to think about. Have we scheduled that out? That should be one of the most important things we schedule into our daily because, you know, it's funny because when you say basic things like this, like read your word daily, you should pray every day, people automatically tune you out because they're like, ugh, okay, we get it, read your word, pray every day, but it's like, but you're not doing it, and it shows. And I don't want you to live under what God has for you. We should never be living in the less. We should always be living in the overflow, always living in the overflow. Because if we're supposed to be generous givers, not only in our money, but our time, our talent, kindness, if we're supposed to be giving, what can we give if we're living in the less? We can't give finances because we're always struggling and living less below our means, right? We can't give joy because we're not living in joy. We can't give peace because we don't have peace. We can't give our time, our talent because we're we have no time. We have no we've given it we've given it away to the wrong things. <coughs> so overflow and more than enough and that's the problem. And we'll talk about giving here towards the end, but that's the problem. You hear the word giving and everybody like whoop, shuts, shuts off. But it is one of the main things in the word of God for God to get his goodness to us is by giving and receiving that principle. We have to understand the principle of giving and receiving. We do it every day by breathing. We take in, right? We receive a breath, we give out a breath. So it is a natural occurrence to us every day of giving and receiving. But then we shut down when it has to do with finances. But we're not going to be those people. We're not going to be those people. You know, we, we have to go above and beyond what we start to step back from, You know, the enemy will lie to your mind. Sometimes our finances get attacked. Sometimes this, sometimes. And we have to go above and beyond. When those things happen to me, when I feel like um, (laughs) there's so many times I have not felt to speak, to, (laughs) to come in and do a broadcast. There's so many times even to preach a meeting where I was like, I wish I was not even doing this. I wish I was not even doing this. People don't know it. I don't go around blabbing it. I deal with the Lord. I'm like, listen, Lord, you have called me. You can use me. I'm going to go forward. When And I have found that to be a key. When I don't want to do something, I purposely go ahead and do it anyway. When I don't feel like giving money. What? You don't feel like ever giving? Well, there's sometimes your flesh rises up. So I'm just being completely real with you. There's times where, you know, Ted's like, and all the time, we're on the same page. I'm just saying, like, there's times where he's like, well, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, really? Really? But I push my flesh down and say, you're not in charge. And I know the benefits that come from giving. So I do it anyway. When things look like a struggle in life, I do it anyway. When I don't feel like I want to speak, I do it anyway. When I don't feel like I, I want to give anymore, I'm just like, I feel tapped out, I give anyway. Because that's what pushes you through for a breakthrough. Amen? Amen. All right. So God expects, expects us to see supernaturally and believe his word. Numbers 13. All right. God doesn't expect us to just survive. We are to possess what God has for us. And we know in Numbers 13, Joshua and Caleb, what? They were the two that came back that had a completely different report. Why? Why? Because what they saw was the word that God gave them. God said, that's your land. It's yours, period. There was no if and but. So when they took that word, it's mine. And they went to go see it. They didn't see what the other spies saw. They didn't see, you know, the fortified city walls that way. They didn't even come back and mention giants. They didn't come back and talk about it. The only thing they came back with was a report of faith. They said, surely, easy peasy, no big deal. Surely, surely we can take it. Surely it's ours. And so the next time something rises up against you in your life, look at it and be like, surely I could take this. My kids are acting full. They're out living in the ways of the world. Surely I got this. I'm going to praise my way through. I'm going to walk in my authority. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to call them in. I'm going to call somebody into their life too. Because surely the word of the Lord says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house. As for me and my house. Okay. So you get your boldness. You get your authority and you walk in it. So you look at things through supernatural eyes. And that's what God expects us to do as Christians, as Christians. All right. Certain things that we will say, right? Does healing belong to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? People say, well, I don't know. I think because Jesus died on the cross for it. Yes. Good job. Yes. You watch the Passion. Great. Okay, yes. Jesus died on the cross and and now, you know, he's... Okay, What? Well, why? Okay, the Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Okay? So you are what? His seed. You are his seed. The seed of God does not beg for bread. What is bread? You can go through you know, things in the Bible, give us this day our daily bread. It's provision. It's whatever we need. If is it healing? Is it finance? It's provision. He gives us daily miracles. Seeds don't beg for miracles. We thank the Lord. We praise the Lord. We, we worship him. We have other ways. We don't beg because he says, I expect you to have this. Why? Because I am your heavenly father, a good heavenly father. And so we have to know what we're expecting, right? All right. Did he say you can walk in supernatural peace? Absolutely. John 14, 27. What does that say? That it is a peace, a gift that Jesus has given us, right? It's a gift. If, they, if a person gives a gift, here we are coming up at Christmas time, right? I'm giving a gift to my husband. I bought it. I wrapped it. I put his name on it. I'm giving him this gift. Well, my daughter Madeline can't sit over on the side and be like, oh no, get let me have that dad. Let me have that dad. She, she has no authority to do that. That was not her gift that she gave to her father. That was a gift I gave to Ted. She's just looking at it. So John fourteen twenty seven is always that picture for me. It says that he gave us the gift of peace. So if he gave it, the world can't take it. So they can't be over here on the sidelines. The world can't be throwing their crap at you and you're gonna take it. It's like, no, 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 no. My heavenly father gave me a gift of supernatural peace. So I'm gonna walk in supernatural peace. Yeah, there might be a storm. Yes, this report sucks. Yes, I, you know, I feel like a lot of things are in chaos around me right now. Uh, Yes, I'm not sure why that thing happened to somebody in my life or why that happened to me you know people get into that and then their doctrine starts getting all like jumble mumbled and now all of a sudden what they used to believe they go through something and now we're going to tweak it a little bit because if we tweak it it always makes us feel better but you know what At the end of the day, it doesn't make us feel better because it puts us back into not believing the word correctly. Then we're in chaos. Then we're in disbelief. Now we're out of faith. Out of faith. Now we're in sin. Ah, See, it's like a, a spiraling effect just by one little tweak. We don't need to tweak God's word. He doesn't need anyone to tweak it. It's perfect. It's alive. It's powerful. Leave it as is. Don't mess it up. And let's just live it. Right? Okay. So, Did he say you're loved? Yes. (coughs) He says all these things about us in the word of God. I'm going to read. I looked up some and put them up here just so it's faster. First John four. um, I'm going to read a few verses from there. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love God Um, does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Now that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and that he is in us. So we have to know who he is so we can be confident in who we are. When you know who he is, we don't have to be like, does God love me? Does anybody love me? You know, I, I, I understand people have grown up in different situations, different family lives. Um, whether good, bad, ugly, you know, but at some point, at some point when we find Jesus, that all has to go away because the devil is not a creator. He cannot create new things, but he surely can put a lock on that past. He surely can put a lock on those things and rehash it and keep you in a state where your feet are like stuck in cement, wandering. Does he heal? Does he love? Am I ever good enough? Can I have joy? Can I have peace? Well, look where you came from. Look who your parents were. Look what happened to you. He will do that because he can't create anything new. So he just rehashes and rehashes and rehashes. And then we never move forward. But the Bible says when you get saved, you've become a new creature, a new creature. There's no band-aids. There's no heavenly band-aids, right? There's no heavenly band-aids. There's no heavenly gauze. There's no heavenly (laughs) stickers. There's nothing that's going to stick. There's no heavenly super glue. You know, no. Everything he has for us is new. There's no goodwill of heaven now hey you might be one of those shoppers that goes to goodwill get it out of your system now because there is no goodwill in heaven (laughs) get it out now there is no goodwill in heaven so let's just act that way down here we're a new creature in christ we're forgetting the past we're not going to remember it we're not going to bring it up. We're going to find out what Christ says about us now because he expects us to see differently. But we can't see differently in the supernatural. We can't see differently in the supernatural if we're going to be continually looking in the natural. So God expects us, no dollar store, no dollar general. That's right, Julie. So he expects us to see supernaturally and believe what his word says about every situation and about you. If you have an identity crisis, if you don't know about yourself, if you have trouble comparing yourself, if you have tons of insecurities, then you don't know who you are in Christ. Period. Perd. You don't know who you are in Christ because when you know who you are in Christ, there's a boldness that overtakes you. There's a boldness that overtakes you that the world, society, people, voices, they can't talk you out of it. So if that's you and you're saying, I struggle with this and I struggle with this and I I have a problem with this and believing this, start studying on who you are in Christ. Get that Pauline revelation because that right there is a game changer and that sets you up on on a hard platform that it's hard for you to get knocked down. Um, and, and that's the thing. A lot of things that people battle that, you know, I get to deal with a little bit more on a regular basis. Now being a pastor versus I still, people still message me. People I still talk to, you know, formed relationships with people, traveling. But it's it's, we've got to get that firm foundation of who we are in Christ so we don't get tripped up. We don't fall prey to lies because when one comes at us, we combat it with the word of God. We say, wait a second, wait a second. That's not my portion. You are in my territory. You are trespassing and I'm not going to listen to this crap. You know, when you have somebody that's speaking lies to you in the natural, that's speaking rubbish (laughs) to you in the natural you don't stand there you're like I'm not dealing with this I'm not talking to you I'm leaving goodbye Felicia I'm out peace out so don't take it in the supernatural don't let the enemy speak to you that way don't let the enemy speak to you that way We're, we're gonna like I've done a broadcast before called knock it off you just tell them you walk in your rightful authority my kids are not allowed to speak to me a certain way. I know that is uh, mind-blowing in this generation. I probably step on toes all the time when I talk this way. I did a podcast with Pastor Ted on spaking and people were like, Ugh! and it's like, oh, my gosh, uh, it's actually right here, but you could uh, me all you want. But I don't let my kids speak to me a certain way. There is a, a certain tone. There is a respect. There is a way you're going to speak to your mother. And so <laughs> that's the same way. When the enemy tries to speak to you a certain way, hold up. Who do you think you're talking to? Right? So I always like to make those examples because we tend to feel a little more of our, our, our uh, strength when the natural. And then when something comes our way, our, mind, our, our thoughts get messed with, our mental arena gets foggy and we're starting to let it weigh us down and give us anxiety and and bad thoughts we don't we don't automatically turn to uh excuse me you're not talking to me that way so that is what God expects us to be okay number two God expects us to live by faith because living by faith is how things get to us, okay? Faith, we're pulling things in from the supernatural, what we need, right? Listen, I've had to use faith a lot in the last few years, obviously my whole life, but there are certain things and directions and things God said, I want you to go out and do. And if I looked at it in the natural and said, well, we don't have this Lord, That's not faith. Faith was, yes, Lord, you asked us, we're going to step out. You know, it's not just some cute saying that my husband has said for a long time where it says the miracle is in the move. That's actually true. As you step forward. The path, right, it's it's lit and you can see the next step and you can see the next step and Sometimes we're like, I wish God would just give me everything at once. I just want to see it. What's going on? Because this faith thing is so uncomfortable. But in all reality, he's doing us a favor. Because if he was to show us everything he has for us, everything he wants us to do, everything that's going to be in our life, I think our minds would just completely reject it. We'd be like, no, 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 I mean, we're... (laughs) We're, we're not even like so spiritual that we can take the little things that God shows us. So we're, we need to make sure we're strong enough to take the little things that God shows us and asks us. So it's best that he just does it in snippets. <laughs> because, you know, I look back three years ago, three years ago, in my mind, time has flown by. So in my mind, I feel like everything that's been happening there's been like a span of like five seven years but then when i talk about it i'm like 2020 like august of 2020 you had us move into this studio that i'm in right now not not seeing that three years from that date we would have launched a church and have a whole other wing here where our studio is, get another space. Now we have the church space that's under construction. We're mobile every Sunday and not just like mobile. (laughs) I say it like that because I walk in and I thank the Lord and I'm blown away every time because it's like excellence mobile. Okay. And everything is paid for. This ministry doesn't have any debt whatsoever. But three years ago, I was looking for... <laughs> I have to not let it like make me cry because it's so overwhelming how thankful I am to the Lord. But to have us looking at an office space thinking that like <laughs> a couple grand a month was going to be a big deal for our ministry to going to having nine team members, two local studio and office spaces and 16,500 square feet in West Palm Beach on top of every other expense that carries on in this ministry and traveling still and doing all this, I would have been like, What? I'm sorry. Are you talking to me? I remember when we got this studio and Ted goes, now I want you to go in and do some broadcasts in the morning when I'm gone on the road. And I was like, "Ah, I don't think so. Sorry, you've asked the wrong person. So either you can stay home and do the broadcast or. (laughs) And that was my first reaction. Listen, listen, people, I come around real fast. The Lord speaks to me and I right back in line. But. Once again, it was because I was uncomfortable. And what did I tell you at the beginning? When things make me that way, I don't want to miss out on the next step. I don't want to miss out on the blessing of God that I step forward in being uncomfortable because that's faith. Faith is not living in a comfort zone. Faith is completely out of your comfort zone. But there's so many wonderful benefits for it right so many wonderful benefits for it so number 2 god expects us to live by faith romans 117 for in the righteousness of god is revealed from faith for faith as it is written the righteous shall live by faith amen so that's what it is the righteous live by faith that's you that's me righteous that's it there's nothing else. It doesn't say we live by faith and um, giving. We live by faith and joy. Nope. It just says the righteous live by faith, period. Okay. So it's the master key to hold what God has. Spirit of faith is not fragile. It's built upon a firm foundation. Okay. We're living by faith. We're not crumbling easy, um, We don't familiarize ourselves with heartache, fear, stress, titles. We don't let those things become a norm in our life. The blood of Jesus is all we need to live by. All we need to live by. What's normal to the world should never be normal to us. What they think is okay, they don't live by faith, okay? As you can tell, they don't have our best interest. They don't care about you nothing they it, nothing so what is normal to them should never feel normal to us should never feel normal to a child of God okay you know the world says uh. you know living every day on medication that's a norm something doesn't work right just pop a pill you don't feel this pop a pill before you know, you got 20 pills in your system, and those are causing you to take 10 more pills because there's a reaction in your body, and so now you're on 30 pills because the first 20 pills now caused issues in your body that you need those pills for, and it, it's just going to keep being like a cycle. What are you going to be on, 100 pills one day? But that's normal to the world. It's normal to look at a kid that maybe, you know, needs a spanking or maybe needs attention or maybe needs, hey... There are certain things, even naturally, food-wise, that could be cut out of people's lives. But the first thing they do, they look at a kid that has a, that's chatty-caffy in school, and they're like, well, put them on ADHD medicine. They need ADD. They're ADD. They're ADD because they talk a lot, because they're friendly, because they like to chat. That's what the world says is normal, OK? We should say, no, that's not normal. What else, what else do they say? is is normal you know having a therapist having this that's so normal you have issues you need to go talk to somebody you need to go you need to go air it out you need to stretch out on a couch you need to have a therapist you know it's normal to have a therapist who doesn't just have a therapist anymore who doesn't just you know it's like going to the gym you know it it's a it's a it's it's a gym for my mind I get to lay on a couch and express my feelings and then all they do is is act like they're writing notes on a pad of paper, and they go, "Mm mm-hmm, and they say, okay, well, tell me more. And then you're paying $500 for that hour, and it's like, what is it? Because you needed to talk to somebody? Try talking to Jesus. Try talking to Jesus. You know, he has a voice. He will answer you when you call. (laughs) He will answer you. So you want to lay on a couch at home, do it for free. Healing, already paid for, it's yours for the taking, okay? A sound mind, already paid for, it's yours for the taking. That's it. Everything is yours for the taking because he expects you to live a certain way. He expects you to believe his word. He expects you to see differently. He expects you to live by faith. He expects it, okay? We have expectations in the natural. I expect my kids to act a certain way. I expect to have this if I paid for it. I expect, I expect. So we need to do that. God's saying, I expect you as my daughter, you as my son to live a certain way. All right? Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Proverbs 4.23. The Bible speaks all throughout about believing in your heart. If you guard your heart, people won't be, easily able to talk you out of what miracle you need you know people probably mean their best you know but if you can guard your heart and keep things between you and the lord you and somebody else that's a strong believer it will do your life so much good in it because it's like-minded. They're encouraging you. They're building you up. But if we, if we just talk to anybody, therapists, people that aren't on the same page, you know, full of faith, people that aren't, then we're not guarding our heart. Because what happens is we have our heart guarded. We have our heart set on a desire that God's put in there. We have our bait, faith at an ultimate high. And then somebody comes in and says one little trigger word, and then that's it. Boop. We're gone. We are have lost the guard. <laughs> That's it. There are trigger words or things people say, and we end up losing it. We end up losing it. All right, number three. God expects us to speak and declare his goodness so we can live in freedom. God expects us to speak and declare his goodness so we can live in freedom. Freedom, freedom. I think people have lived in chaos for so long that when they get out of it, they don't know how to live in freedom. But let me tell you, God's freedom is the best feeling in the entire world. To go to bed and put your head on the pillow and be happy, not a care in the world, not worried about anything. Wake up, still enjoy, good rest, happy with your family, free from sickness, your money's not going to medical stuff, we're we're not paying people to tell us, you know, everything's going to be okay. We've got freedom in the Holy Ghost. Freedom is the best feeling in the entire world. Just ask someone in jail. (laughs) Hey, ask someone who's in jail they rather be in prison or they rather be free? Because I'm telling you right now, freedom is the best feeling. All right. Um, I love Psalm 34. I chose Psalm 34, one through eight, because one thing that helps us to speak and declare his goodness is praising. And so I love Psalm 34 because it starts with these two sentences. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. So if you're constantly speaking his praises, there's no room for your mouth to blab out unbelief, doubt, defeat. You can't do that. You can't be saying the goodness of God. You can't be thanking him. You can't be honoring his name. You can't be declaring his goodness. You can't be praying. You can't be speaking. You can't be singing his praises and something different come out. No, that changes your whole atmosphere. That changes your whole mindset. That changes everything around you. So it says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Come, let us tell of God's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. There you go again. He answers when you talk to him. He freed me from all my fears. There's freedom. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. Look at all these wonderful things. Look at all these wonderful things. When he expects us to speak and declare his goodness, look what we get. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. No shadow of shame. Remember, not a band-aid. Not just fixing you, gluing up the cracks. New creature. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. Well, there's your therapist. Jesus, he listens. What? He saved me from all my troubles. This is good. Psalm 34, 1 through 8. You got to print this out. You got to read this every day as a reminder to you. Let's do it. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Not scared. All who fear him, right? Honor, adoration. Adoration love, respect, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joy of those who take refuge in him. Ooh, I love that. Psalm 34, one through eight. Read it again later after the broadcast, but that just gives me a list that when we speak his word, what does it say? <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> There's freedom. There's joy, peace, what you need. It surrounds you. It protects you. It fills your atmosphere, right? When you praise, you can't be over there crying in a corner over a situation when you're praising. That's the whole point where, you know, my husband loves to Give you the verse of in his fullness, in his presence, there's fullness of joy, which is also in Psalms, in his presence, fullness of joy. So if you're in his presence and there's fullness of joy, we know what to be full means, right? When a cup of water is full, there's no more room for anything else, right? When a closet is full of stuff, you just can't stick any more stuff in that closet. So that's the whole point. When... The atmosphere is full of joy and full of praise. Nothing else like what? Anxiety, fear, stress, depression, suicidal thoughts, doubt, unbelief. None of that junk can get stuffed in that atmosphere. None of that stuff can get stuck in that atmosphere. And so when we speak the word, when we speak it, It's giving us a visible, a visible thing that we can, you know, like when Peter, when Jesus spoke to Peter on the, on the water and said, come, his word was a command that went forth and he spoke it and Peter was able to walk out on that word, right? To Jesus. But when he sunk, when he decided that I'm going to look at the storm I'm going to be concerned. I'm going to look at, you know, this and that. And his mind, his guard went down, his mind, everything went into panic mode. It all went out the window from there. He, He said, I'm going in the waves. I'm getting wet now because I decided to not go out on that word. I decided to think about, And pay attention to, and look around, at everything else. Okay, so that's why it's so important that we do what God expects us by speaking and declaring His goodness to be free. Um, The world wants us labeled; it's how they identify us. They'll have you speaking differently. Here's an example. People. You know, why these churches hold these alcoholic anonymous groups is beyond me because then we're here and we've got people saying, Hi, I'm Susan. I've been an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic for 41 years, even though I haven't drank last. It's like, so if you haven't had a drink in 41 years, how are you still an alcoholic? But those groups, they want to hang on to that label. What are we labeling you as? And so in your mind, you're not good at anything. You can't get past this. I'm never going to go. It's always going to be my label, my label, my label. But if we speak and declare his goodness over our life, that stuff gets broken. That stuff changes. All right. Number four, (coughs) excuse me. God expects us to take and walk in authority. That's it. It's time for us to step it up. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to walk in our authority. He's handed it to you, He's handed you the power. Now stop not having it. <laughs> Trying to like filter in my brain what I cannot say, what I can and cannot say. What is spiritual authority? It's the God. Given right to receive and to use God's power that flows from the indwelling of his Holy Spirit. I'll say it one more time. Spiritual authority, the God-given right. And right there, I could just stop. I like that. It's the God-given right to receive and use God's power that flows from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So you have a God-given right. You have a God-given right to start using your backbone. Stand up straight, square your shoulders off, look the issue in the eye, and let's have our God-given right of some Holy Ghost power. And there's things that need to be knocked off. After a while, little things, we kind of tend to end up living with, right? So many of you live you know, in a house or anything, apartment, Things have to get fixed, right? Some little something gets broken, right? Do, do something, um, think of something small, I don't know, on a windowsill, yeah, no, anything. Part of your, your window blind gets broken. OK. You see it, it bugs you for the first two weeks, right? Whatever is broken in your house, whatever you're picturing right now. It, it bugs you for the first two weeks. Then you get busy. Then you go away. Then you come back. Now there's four weeks that have gone by. Then there's this, and there's that, and then, and then you go and you let that go by. And then it's just the same way. We will tack on little annoyances from the enemy. Well, it's just that it's just a little of that in my finances or my marriage. It's just a little bump in the road, or, you know, you know, I'm, it's not cancer. It's just like, you know, this annoyance cough that comes back, uh, you know, every month or, it's just, you know, it's it's just life. I mean, it's probably allergies and it's probably this. And, you know, and and we do that. We will completely like dumb down our authority that we have. But I hate being annoyed. I hate being annoyed. I hate being annoyed. (laughs) It's like that fly that keeps coming around and getting on your sandwich when you are trying to eat. I hate being annoyed. So therefore, I get a righteous anger and boldness when anything like that. So you have a cold, you have something bothering your family. All right, it's time to be like, listen, this is not my portion. This is not for my kids. This is not for my husband. This is not for my body you are trespassing. The blood of Jesus lives on the doorpost of my home. That the sickness, the death angel, this report has to leave. It's not even permitted on my doorstep. And we have to start declaring those things. We have to stop and stop saying the wrong things. Look, Julie said, when I stopped saying, I get laryngitis at Christmas, it stopped showing up. See? If we expect every year at the same time, we're going to get the flu, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, it's not rocket science. It's stop expecting those things. Expect the good things. Expect, listen, I expect to be healed. I expect to not get COVID. I expect to not get a cold just because it's cold season. I expect to not have this. I expect when I get older, I'm not gonna have arthritis. I expect when I get older, I'm not having joint pain. I expect I'm not having cancer. I don't care who's had cancer in my family. I expect, and that's how we have to to speak. I expect what God expects for me, amen? Say, I expect what God expects for me. That's a game changer right there. I expect what God expects for me. All right? You don't have to coddle issues. Invite the, meat, <laughs> invite the enemy in for tea. <laughs> so funny, it's like we have a devil sitting on our couch and we're just serving him tea, asking him, you know, hey, would you like sugar in that? So you have to set your boundary lines and no trespassing on your territory. And Many of you watching have my book, Lines. But if you are watching and you don't, order it. Order my book lines because it's boundary lines. I I talk all different things from parenting to suicidal thoughts to your kids, to your marriage, to your own life, to your identity in Christ. We are drawing the boundary lines. Finances. That's it. Boundary line. They're not getting messed with anymore. I'm going to have more than enough to do what God's called me to do. That's it. That's it. That's how we're going to have to be. Learn our position. Learn our position. Learn how to have dominionship. Authority is not just in the moment. It's a lifestyle. And and to rewind back to what I said about knowing your identity in Christ, when I said, you know, are you battling insecurities and in comparison and I'm not good enough or your past? Understanding your identity in Christ gives you that rightful idea of what is your authority? How can I walk in it? Why I'm not going to put up with this mess? Why I'm not going to just you know roll with the punches? I'm not rolling with the punches. If a punch comes out my face, I'm going to punch you back. <laughs> I will duck, and then I'll come up and get you. Um, so continue walking in it, and we're ready for all situations. We're always ready. Aren't we in an army? Aren't we in the army, right? Aren't we in the army of God? Yes. So an army of God is suited. An army of God has armor. And we know that we have armor. We go through it, right? Helmet of salvation, we got the belt, we got the shield, we got the sword, we got our feet, you know, (laughs) covered. We're, we're, We're fully dressed. We wake up every day and we should be fully dressed nobody should be oh well, i don't need my helmet today and i'll just leave my sword here today that's what all the people do we we bits and pieces and then when we're in crisis mode all of a sudden we're all of a sudden we're getting our pieces of armor and blowing the dust off well i need my breastplate on now oh i'll take that helmet where is that helmet where Where is that helmet? Oh, it's under all that junk. Okay, well, I'll put my helmet on today. And that's what ends up happening. We get up in the morning and we pick and choose what we think we need. That's not right. Actually, I'm going to that really quick. Because when we put on the whole armor of God. Oh, my gosh. I just... Ever since my Bible fell into a sink of water, it is hard to get my pages turned. Where it says, we will... give it to me Maddie real quick look it up real fast where it talks about the armor because now I am yep I'm sure someone will probably put it up before because now yes thank you look at this be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on all of God's armor not choose your best piece so that you'll be able to stand firm. The only way you can stand firm against all strategies of the devil is if you do what the first part of verse 11 says. Put on the full, full, full. (laughs) See the pattern here? Put on the full armor of God. Then you can withstand all the strategies. And I love that because look at it. If you put on all of God's armor, all strategies of the devil, you can withstand. Boop. So not some. It's not you can put on the full armor of God and possibly the the enemy will get through to you. Possibly the enemy will, you know, sneak in there. It says no. It's pretty basic. If you put on all of it, then all the strategies you're able to stand up against. So that's what we have to make sure we're doing as children of God. All right. The last thing is God expects us to be generous givers. Now, please don't shut off the broadcast. Please don't shut your ears off to this because it is so important. Giving is so important. It's a main principle Of seed time and harvest that God has set up in the earth for for any type of multiplication. God expects you, me, to be a generous giver. We'll always have lack in our life if we're not a giver. If we're not stepping out and going faith actions, okay, faith actions. It's not faith for me to give a dollar a day. That might just make me feel better. That might just trick my mind into, um, you know, well, I'm giving. No, 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 no. Giving finances is such a big deal. It is your hard. Finances is your life. When you're giving your tithe and your offering, you're giving your life. You're giving your time. You you spend hours of your life. So giving to God. He does not look at it lightly. We should not look at it lightly. It is your time of your life that you worked. And so giving to God, he expects us to be generous givers. It refreshes us in Proverbs. It, being a generous giver, giving refreshes you. Giving provides in your life. If I am giving above my tithe, the, the principle of seed, time, and harvest can't help but work, right? It can't help but work. I can't give <coughs> to God and not receive something back. And people are like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't give to get. Buddy, I give to get. I make sure I say, Holy Spirit, what is it? You want to enrich my life. You know what I need to do in the next step of life. You know what it's going to take. You know, not even just that. He knows things that you need. He knows things that you desire. He knows things that you want. And he wants you to have access to everything. He doesn't want you to wait to heaven to have your best house and your best car and your best anything. He's saying no. No. I've set up a way for you to have your best here on earth. And it's a heart check, right? There are money tests because people increase in life. And then, you know, we have to, the Lord's gonna, you know, he doesn't test us on the things he redeemed us from. He doesn't test us in healing. He doesn't say, I'm going to give you sickness to see if you can get out of it. But he sure as heck will give you a uh, money test when something comes your way. There's lots of times where money has come into my hand that literally made it to my hand before he said, go give it to so-and-so. Here, this, and he wants to know, are you a filter? Are you doing what God's called you to do? Are you building the kingdom? Are you helping people? Are you being a blessing? Are you showing, right? Are you showing my image to somebody? Because everywhere Jesus went in the Bible, he was compassionate. He was giving. He was providing and not just providing enough, right? He went above and beyond. We know with the, with the fish and the bread, he didn't just provide for the people, period, right? If you read that story, it said he provided and provided until they could want no more that's good that's a good increase from that little lo- loaves and two fish he provided for them he said listen i want you to be full and not just i don't you know oh i i can't have any more because i got my portion no 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 they ate until they could want no more then That wasn't the end of it, because there's always overflow, there's always more than enough when it's a God instruction of giving. Those people went home with baskets full of extra food. The little boy who gave, he had the disciples carry the baskets of overflow back. And I'm sure that didn't stop there, because look what it does when you have more than enough to give. I'm sure he took those baskets back to his his family, which then couldn't eat all the baskets of food. So then what does that mean? Well, now the neighbors are getting blessed. The people connected to them are getting blessed. The people have, you know, over here people people probably who didn't even know the little boy in his family just because there was extra food was like, hey, you live over there? Hey, you want a basket of food? Think about it. It goes beyond. So when you have that mindset of, um, I'm going to sow into good ground and receive back. Then here's another opportunity to sow some more. Because it's just like, it's literally just like a real actual seed in the ground when you plant something, right? It's an actu- like an actual seed in the ground. You have your harvest, you get it. Well, if you want more of that, we're going to plant another seed. So the same with finances. We should never tune that out. Our flesh, when, when pastors talk about it, when it's talked about it at church, when you go to a meeting, you know, when you don't ever, don't ever not go to a service because you don't want offering time to come around because that's a heart check right there. That's a heart check right there. That's something for you to think about. If you were like, I'm not going to go to these revival services, or I like that minister, but I'm not going to go because I know offering time's going to come, and I'm going to, you know, uh, and 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 I don't really know. We always have money for something. Always. Always. So we want to know where our heart is. The Bible says it in Matthew, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So if he loves a cheerful giver. If you go to these services and you're like, I'm excited. I know they're going to have an, but, but it's not to benefit. It's not just to benefit the work that's happening that you're sowing into. It's to benefit you as well. The best thing is it works both ways. It works both ways. So the ground that you're sowing into benefits the, the ground, right? The ground you sow into benefits the ground, but then it benefits you on the receiving end. So, it's, I, if I, it's hard, to, I don't have a diagram to draw, but if you look at it, it benefits, so the giver, it benefits, because it's two ends. This person is receiving, this ground's receiving, and you're the giver. So when you're giving to the person that's receiving, you know, we have lots of people giving to the David Project. We have lots of partners that are hooked up with our ministry. You know, giving's a big thing we preach at our church because it, 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 it's building the house. It's building the vision, but it doesn't end here. It doesn't die in the ground. It doesn't stop because then here it goes, bounces back. And then it bounces this way, and then it bounces back. And that's like an amazing thing about giving is that God expects us to be generous givers. The kingdom of God you, is, is only about increase and multiplication. Lack of generosity causes spiritual stiffness. Psalm 119 36. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to your selfish gain. So God helps us fight against, like I showed you, where your treasure is, is your heart. He helps us fight against hanging on to our money. When God tells us to do it, be like what Mary said, do it. And it's uncomfortable. I told you at the beginning, there's times where I've given away so much money this year, I don't even want to think about it. (laughs) I don't even want to think about it. I want to think about it. Because I have so much coming up in projects with the church. Then your natural mind goes back, right? Then you start going, was I really supposed to do that? And I know in the time we were. So you never let your mind go back. You never. You, no strings attached. You give your offering and then you plan it and you water it with words of faith. You water it with praise. You water it and you say, thank you, Lord, for that harvest is coming back to me. When that harvest comes back, I'm making a vow. I'm sowing again because it's a principle. Seed time and harvest. Reaping, sowing, reaping, sowing, reaping, sowing, reaping, sowing. Because we're not going to be Christians with lack of generosity that causes spiritual stiffness. What does God do with your gift? Proverbs 18, 16, a gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. When you give, you know, it's it, when you're in his presence and the anointing's there, you want to give. There's like a, it's like you don't even have someone that has to preach on. Yeah, there's so many times where I've been in a service where it's just been. The anointing, it's just been an anointed service. Wasn't even speaking on giving, wasn't even speaking on seed time and harvest. The word prosperity wasn't even mentioned. And I've had the Lord download, you need to go over and give this person a check at the end of service. You need to go tell that person you're buying them this and that. You need to go over there and provide that for somebody. That's just what being in the anointing does. And we don't want to stifle that. We don't want to be stingy. We don't want to hold that back. So you stay in that anointing. You stay in that presence because God expects us to be givers. Amen? Amen.